Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. There's a long line all the way down, about a block down, and then it goes around the block for about three miles down there. Had a call of police. They're using tear gas to get the people back away from the door. I'm speaking things that are not as though they were. <laughs> there'll, be a, there'll be a day when, when the crowds will want to come in, but uh, not yet. Yes. And I was just telling Tony that my hair is out of place. Yeah. We'll <laughs> All right. So anyway, yes. Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. His topic today is a nail at a place, and he's going to help us to understand a better walk with Jesus. Yes, sir. For the want of a nail. For the want of a nail. Yes. Do you have a microphone? No, I don't. No, I haven't. So... God bless you all. We're going to have a really interesting talk today, or class, I will say. But, you know, let's, let's start it with prayer. I want to start this one with prayer. Amen, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, Lord, Lord Jesus, for this uh, uh, little class I'm going to give for the one of a nail, Lord. Uh, just bless it, Lord. Help everybody to really get something important out of it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So, where I think is right here. This is here. Uh-oh. We need the slide. Show, right? Yeah, it's not. It's just us. We don't have the slide yet. So it's coming. And she's coming too. So very soon it's coming. Uh-oh. <laughs> anyway. We are leaving for Honduras tomorrow. That's going to be an exciting trip for 10 days. We're going to go to Santa Barbara. And you know what? You are coming with us with your prayers. We need your prayers. Okay, every day pray for us that the Lord will give us souls. He that winneth souls is wise. So you want to be wise? Pray for us. Pray for us and you will be part of this great awakening that is going to be done there. And this is just the beginning. So if anybody has a heart, to witness, you know, this is time to start praying for us. So, here it is, for the want of a nail. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about little things. Okay, and how important. Actually, it has two ways. But, here, let's start. Okay, so, the Lord wants you to know how important you are to Him. He cares for every one of us. Even you and even me, okay? Sometimes we feel little, but that's, that's good. It's good to feel little because we are in a quest, you know. We are going someplace. We are going to do His will. And sometimes, you see, you see the world. You see everything so big. You go, wow, I don't. You know, I'm not that important, but you are. You are to him. And if you are to him, 
boy, that's a big thing. So anyway, he cares for everyone, even when you feel so insignificant and small. Actually, that's a good thing. Maybe you feel like no one cares about you because you think that you are, you are not so important. But to him, you are his. That's a very important to know that you are his and he cares deeply about you. You see, God is love. And he cares. If anybody of you ever had a, a child, and if you remember, that little child when he was born, the first one, you remember that? I mean, it was an amazing thing. Even the other ones. But, you know, when you have that little child, he's so small, and he depends on you, but you love him so deeply. Now, think about God. God, the creator of everything, we are like a little child for him. And he cares for us. He wants us to grow and be what he wants us to be. So that's what we have to do. You know, we have to strive to be what God wants us to be. For us, he might think, or in our little mind, we would think it's just a little thing. But it's not. To him, it's great, you know, because he wants to make us into the woman and man that he wants, he sees beyond what we see. And he wants to create you and make you to the man or woman that he knows you could be. So that's a great thing. Amen. <laughs> so he knows even how many hairs you have in your hair. I mean your head. Let me see. I'm going to start counting now. Well, I don't have any hair there, but this uh, uh, Pastor Stan here is going to start counting his hairs to see how many he has. Anyway, Jesus said in Luke 12, 7, but even the very hairs of your head are all number. Just think how much he cares for you, that even your hair, you know, he, he, he has number. How many hairs do you think, Pastor Stan, how many hair do you think a normal per person has? Million. I don't know, but it's a lot. It's a lot. So remember, even your hair, so everything, everything you do, he knows. He's there. You know, one day when we're in front of him, he's going to show us our life. And you say, Things that you thought didn't matter to him is going to be in front of you as you say, wow, he knew that about me. <laughs> so you see, we have to try to behave because he knows everything. <laughs> so that's a, that's a pretty heavy thought, no? He knows everything, no? Fear not, therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. I'm sorry, I didn't, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, for you are more value than many sparrows, those little birds, you know. So that's how important you are to him. And this is a nice little, I guess, poem. Or says, but it says, for the one of, the, of a nail, the shoe was lost. For the one of a shoe, the horse was lost. 
for the one of a horse, the rider was lost. For the one of the rider, the battle was lost. For the one of the battle, the kingdom was lost. And all for the one of a horseshoe nail. Oh, for something so small. For something so small, the whole kingdom was lost. You know, and that's how important little things. You know, you're very important to him, but also what you do in this life. You might think nobody sees, but he knows. He has it all written down. Okay, his cameras are super cameras. He sees all the angles. He even sees what you were thinking. What was the intent of your heart? So that's a pretty heavy thing. Do we have cameras like that here? I don't think so, no. <laughs> so, but one day when you're fronted there, you go, wow, my Lord knew all that, yes. And he still loved us. <laughs> so that's a pretty heavy thing, you know. Sometimes we're naughty, no? Yes. Anyway, in Mark 12, 41 to 44, he says, Jesus said over against the treasure, and beheld how, how the people cast money into the treasure, and many that were rich cast much. Wow, he's giving so much great. That will be our little carnal mind. <gasps> wow, look at him. He gave so much. You know, you see a big rich man, you know. But let's see how God sees it, you know. And there came a certain poor widow, just a little poor widow, that probably people didn't even look at her that much. It wasn't so important. She's just a widow. Who cares about a widow? She's poor. But he cares. <laughs> and she threw in two mites, let's say two pennies, you know, which makes not much. <laughs> and he called and he called unto him his disciples. You see, Jesus looked at that little widow. He said, hey, guy, guy, come here. Come here. You see what she thought? Two mites. Oh, that's nothing. In our mind, no, that's nothing. You know. But look what he said. And said unto verily I say unto you. This poor widow has cast more in than all they which had cast into the treasure. What do you mean, Jesus? Wait a minute. Uh, do you know how to count? You, uh, wait, is this a mistake? God, one minute, God. Was this a mistake from you? You, you didn't see? Well, he was seeing something else. No. For all they did cast out of their abundance. Oh, we have so much. Oh, should we give a thousand? Well, I guess we have four or five millions. Yeah, you know, we're so good. You know, everybody else, look at all these poor guys. They're not giving that much, you know. But God sees differently. And when we're there, our big, you know, show off. Ha-ha, <laughs> we gave so much. He's going to say, you didn't give nothing compared to this little, this little man over there, this little woman. 
he gave everything he had. He gave it with all his heart. And he, he looks at your heart. Amen? Out of the abundance. But she of her one did cast all that she had, even all her living. So he was looking at the heart. He was looking at what was left. He was looking how much did it cost you. The real cost. Not the big thing that we, our little brain sometimes think. Oh, wow, I gave so much. I'm so good, you know. Nobody gave like me, you know. Anyway, Jesus took notice of a poor widow. That is how God takes notice of those people that, that for this world are the cast outs, the nobodies. But for him, they're very important. You are important to his kingdom. You know, don't listen to the devil. The devil always tries to go, oh, look at you. You, you, you are not that good, you know. You, you are nothing. Say, you know what, for him I am. I am his child. <laughs> I am the child of the living God. Okay, that's who we are. A child of the living God. So we need to start acting like it. And knowing that our Father, our Heavenly Father, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, He's looking at every little thing we do. You know? We cannot hide anything from Him. But we are important to Him. That's how much He loves you and me. Thank you, Lord. Anyway, in Matthew... 13, 31 to 32, we read. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of a mustard seed. Have anybody seen a mustard seed? Very small. Very small. Very tiny. Okay? No... Oh, this little grain. Oh, this little person. Ah, he's not important. You know, just get him out of here. You know, we don't have time for them. That's how the world thinks. But, say, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. That little tiny thing, just a little grain, just a little seed, tiny Nothing for the world, okay? Which indeed is the least of all the seeds is so small. But when it grows, you want to see how it grows? I'm going to show you in the next thing. It is the greatest among the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in its branches. Look at it. Isn't that a big tree? <laughs> That's amazing. Maybe not tall, but, you know, wide. Isn't that an amazing tree? So look at that. You know, right now, we all are in training. All of us. But it's hard. It's hard. And people don't talk really nice about us. 
and 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 you know I've been getting some persecution. Somebody didn't smile at me this morning, you know, because I was he knew I was a Christian. Well, sir, we are just going through here. We're passing through. This world is not our home. We are only passing through. We're getting to our home. And when we're there, then we can see the fruit, how it grew. Here, sometimes we don't see. You know, talking about, you know, we're going to Honduras. We're all excited because I know the Lord's going to, you know, we're going to get souls. <laughs> he that wins souls is wise. But I'm going to tell you a little story. Uh, I, it was when I was 22 years old, you know, and I, 22, 23, I don't remember exactly. But anyway, a long time ago. Anyway, I witnessed to this uh, kid, and I forgot about him. He received the Lord, and I forgot about him. You know, years passed, quite a few years, and, you know, I was one day, uh, uh, um, uh, we were doing something, and this uh, uh, man comes and says, hey, you remember me? And I said, no, who are you? And uh, 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 he says, you witnessed to me. We were in a concert, and you witnessed to me. And he's, he was serving the Lord. So, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to be amazed, you know. Maybe we talk to somebody and he didn't look that sheepy or that important or whatever. But, you know, he's going to say, you don't, the words that you talk to me changed my life. And because of that, look, at my kids now know the Lord. And, it, you know, and I witnessed to other, it's amazing. Look at that tree. Look at that tree. And that's nothing compared to when we get over there. And the Lord will show our labors of love that sometimes we feel like nobody cares. It looks like nobody cares. And he, it's hard, Lord. Do you really want me to do this, Lord? Do you want me to sacrifice so much? Look, I could be working and be a big shot if I didn't have to do all these little things and people would not, you know, if I didn't have to talk so much about you. You know, but he says, keep on, son, keep going, keep going, because someday you're going to see the fruit. And to tell you the truth, sometimes maybe in this whole world, we're not going to be able to see it. But in the next, we will see. That's what he says. What? That's why in Proverbs he says, he that wins soul is wise. He might not look that wise in this world, you know. It might cost you a lot. Someday it might even cost you life, you know. But when we get over there, we're going to be satisfied. Amen. Amen. I, I went. It was hard, but I kept going. And sometimes I just, you know, you know, wanted to leave. But no, I was there day by day, hour by hour. Didn't give up. And look what the Lord has done. Isn't that amazing? But Tony, anyway. Tony, before you go to the next slide, let me point out something else. Yes, sir. Please. Okay, so if you look at that slide, of course, in the center, 
great big tree is the mustard seed, I assume, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. And yet it was the smallest of the seeds. But if you look there in the foreground, you see, I believe it's four palm trees. Now there's more to that picture because the seed of the palm tree seems like I remember looking it up someplace. That's the largest seed on the planet. Okay, it's the palm tree, okay? <laughs> and yet you look at those four palm trees against that mustard tree and they're nothing. So I think there's more to that tree. There's, there's more to that picture than what we perhaps first saw because it's saying here the largest of the seeds <clears throat> compared to the smallest seeds and yet those four, four palm trees, you don't even notice them compared to that mustard tree. <laughs> look. Well, yes. isn't that amazing? Look at that. Four of them, and you didn't even notice them unless you look close. Yes, All we are. see is this big mustard tree. Look at that. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you, Pastor. <clears throat> Very good point. Okay, so keep going. Don't give up, even if it looks like, you know, it's a small thing. Not to him. To him, it's a big thing. <clears throat> There's so many stories in the Bible of how God used someone that into that time no one had heard of. They were the least in their family or community. Look at Joseph. Remember Joseph? The little spoiled <laughs> teenager, you know. Ah, you know, you guys were bowing to me. You know, I mean... God bless him. He was, you know, a normal teenager, but we never were like that, no, right? We were not, you know. <laughs> you know, sometimes you look, you read the Bible stories, and you get out of the thing and say, oh, those, how could they? Look what the Lord did for them. And they start murmuring, I will never do that. But then <laughs> you look at your life and say, well, well, maybe that, yeah, that sounds a little bit like, you know, I was murmuring, you know. <laughs> so, you know, that's, man, that's our nature, you know. You know, and sometimes we have to put ourselves in the story, not look from outside and say, oh, look, it. I will never do that. But get inside. Get yourself inside. Even the stories, even the, you know, when you read about, you know, the, uh, um, uh, how do you call like Jeremiah's time? And, you know, there's a heavy, well, I'm not going to, well, yeah, let me get into it a little bit. You know, in, in uh, um, what is it? In uh, uh, Psalm 23 says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, which is, you know, the instrument to, get you in line you know but a lot of times we don't see it you know the lord a lot of times has to correct us to get us in the narrow path so we can win the loss and win the world and do our job and we get to the, like that little mustard seed that grew in the tree embarked so much and it's so important like uh, Pastor Sam was uh, noticing there. Look at, 
look at those palm trees so small you can't even notice you know and that's what he wants for you he wants you to grow to the fullness of his blessing for you anyway joseph gideon gideon <laughs> when the angel talked to gideon he says what am i i'm the least you know and uh, what's the next one david 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 you know when uh, uh the prophet samuel you know he says okay uh, i talked to jesse yeah jesse was right his father and he told him you know give me your sons he brought all the big ones the man i warned he says no that's not it you know and do you have any more he says oh oh just david but he's he's just he's he's a small child i mean he's a teenager he's looking he says bring him you know and that's who david i mean who god was looking for somebody small in his own eyes but that he loved the lord and he put him first and look at he even you know he even went against a giant and beat him so amen <laughs> so and the list goes on and not even israel was not chosen because of his size it was small okay so it sounds a little bit like you know sometimes you feel like oh our church is so small just a few people coming there's a lot of people online but they don't come here well maybe they don't come a lot here because it's it stinks what the preacher gives here it stinks a little bit makes you feel uncomfortable but you know what sometimes God's truth that make you feel a little uncomfortable, you know. Look at Jesus. Come on. Jesus goes and he tells all the Jews, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. What? <laughs> that sounded a little bit, you know. Sure, he was talking about the spirit, but he was uncomfortable. What is he trying, you know, so much so that most of his disciples left. And Jesus turned to the twelve and said, are you going to leave too? And what did Peter answer? How did Peter answer? You remember? Huh? Where else would we go? In other words... If there was somewhere else, I, mean, I think I will go because, boy, this is a little hard. But I don't find anything else. Well, that's sometimes, you see, sometimes the Lord is trying, is trying us. You know, are you going to stay in this little thing that looks so little to you? But it's the truth, the truth, the truth hurts. Amen. But it brings fruit, huh? Amen. That's it. No pain, no gain. That's what she said. Is that it? Okay. Oh, Israel was not even chosen because of his size. In I have a hard time saying do to how you say that? Deuteronomy, something like that. Anyway, seven, seven to eight. The Lord did not set his love upon you. 
no choose you because you were more in numbers. He's talking about Israel than any people, for you were the fewest of all the people. But because the Lord loved you, because what? The Lord loved you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And because he will keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers, as the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of the Pharaoh's king of Egypt. You know, that was all examples for us. That's what's happening in the world. That's why we're going through the battles we're going. You know, we're going to the promised land. We're going to the promised land. And we have to keep our eyes on the donut, not upon the hole. Okay? We need to keep our eyes in that donut. The promises of God, not the lies of the enemy that tries to show you. Oh, but look at that hole. You're just a hole. says, yes, but look at all the goodies around. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Lord. But because the Lord loved Okay, I read all that. Has the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of the Pharaoh of Egypt. That was the place to be at that time. That was the big almighty power of the world. But it was nothing to God. And God almost destroyed the whole kingdom. You know, the mighty power of the time. The world power. Like everybody sees, oh, the world power. They were the most important ones. But for God, that's nothing. Most of the world seems to be going their own way to hell. All because of little things. Even God's people, you know, to the world. Just a bunch of crazy nuts, you know, going to church and, you know, doing this. You know, we know better, you know. But they really are the ones that are going to hell anyway. Poor things. That's why we need to help them, save them. <laughs> but the truth is that for God, there's no little thing. To God is no little thing. Nothing is little for him. And when you're little for him, you're great. You're big. You are important for him. And also what we do. Okay, so there's another side to the story. Anyway. Oops. Okay, here. He loves you so much. You know what? I'm going to give even a message here because maybe somebody there. I know everybody here is safe, right? Yeah, everybody's safe here. But, you know, over there in Bidio Land, maybe, maybe you really don't know the Lord, you know, and you need him. You know, so I'm going to give a message there, you know, for everyone. Okay? He loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. Okay, so that you could spend the rest of eternity. A rest of eternity. How long is eternity? Somebody knows? You can't even count it. <laughs> A very, 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 very long time. Actually, it doesn't have an end. Our little mind doesn't understand that. <laughs> 
The rest of eternity, his kingdom of love and peace, real peace, because he loves us. Why he loves us? Because he's so great. <laughs> Come to him. He's waiting for you. In Matthew 11, 28 to 30 says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Wait a minute. Who's talking here? Jesus. And, and, and he is the Son of God? He is one of the persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? And he's what? Meek and lonely and you imagine that God is meek because he's the essence of God. God himself is meek. I mean, he owns everything, but he's meek. And we sometimes get in our heads, and all of a sudden we get a little promotion. We say, yes, hi, I am so-and-so, you know. And he's meek and lonely. That's how great God is. That's his love. And that's how we want to try to be like him, you know. Forget about, you know, in the world, oh, excuse me, sir, you, you, you never study so-and-so. You didn't do that, you know. But you have God. I have God. I have God. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. John 1, 12. But as everybody should know this. Come on. We should know this. Let's say it together. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. In español, vamos a decirlo. Porque de tal manera amó Dios al mundo que ha dado a su Hijo unigénito. Para que todo aquel en que él cree no se pierda, mas tenga vida eterna. Look at that. We have it in Spanish too. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Chunking chung chung. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so here, <laughs> so here we go. John three sixteen. Okay, we said that one, no? Okay, <laughs> okay. John three thirty six. He that believeth on the Son has. He that believeth on the Son what has? Ooh, that's a pretty heavy word. He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life, but he. But he that believeth not shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Pretty simple. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through what? Through faith. And that's not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works. Lest any man should boast. It's not how good you are. It's not how perfect you try to be. It's just receiving because it's through his blood. Not through our own. I'm so good. I have served the Lord for 50 years. And I have done blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to come to heaven and say, hi, God, how are you? My name is Tony, blah, blah, blah. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm here with you because, you know, you, you're perfect. I'm perfect, too, because, you know, of all the years, that doesn't count nothing. That's garbage. <laughs> we never, ever, ever can come close. It's just through his grace. He died on that cross. Terrible death, you know. And through his blood, through his sacrifice, through his love, because we accept him, that he gives us the grace to come to heaven. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that amazing? It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his love. No, according to his mercy, he has saved us. Amen. Amen. And I love this one. I love this one. Okay, Revelations 2.20. Behold, I stand at the door and what? He's knocking at the door of your heart right now. If you don't know him, he's knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. He wants to come into you. He wants to live inside of you. And we'll sup with him and he with me. So you're going to sup with him. Okay? And he with me. What do you think he's going to give us? He's going to give us, you know. What you say? Oh, uh, the bread. The, I mean, I mean, there's no words to say what he will give us. It's so much. But what are we going to give him? Oh, all our problems, all our hurts, you know. But he's going to change it and change your heart. So open the door. If you don't know him, right now is the time to open that door in your heart. I mean, it's amazing. He will change your life. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter if whatever. He well, he loves you, and he wants to come, and he wants to take part of you. Open the door and try him. Try him today. And you are going to be amazed like he did with me and like he did with everybody that has opened his heart to him. So, and I will come into him and sup with him, and he with me. So get ready to sup with the King of kings and Lord of lords. Okay? And you can accept him right now. Oops, here. Just say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I need salvation. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me. Say, forgive me for all my sins. I receive you as my Savior. Just, just tell him with your heart. He doesn't even have to say the same words. But just I receive you as my Savior. Okay? And give you thanks for the gift. Because it's a gift of eternal life. Please fill me with you. Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, I pray for the ones that have uh, received you right now. That you fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And help me to study your word. He's going to help you to study your word. You're going to be amazed. You know, I read, I tried to read the Bible before I had the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand the word. Once I received uh, the Holy Spirit, the Lord just start opening the pages. 
And I was amazed. So I'm talking to you right now over there. Okay. Receive him. Ask him for the Holy Spirit. And you're going to see a change in your life. It doesn't matter how bad you think you are. He knows and loves you. Help me to study your word and understand it. Help me to confess you before all. You have to confess him. Okay. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now anyway. If you did that. Thank you. Write to us here. Okay, contact Prophecy Club and tell us that you received the Lord. Okay, amen? Yes, the pastor says yes. So write to us and tell us. Okay, and boy, do I say all this too? Yes, let's see. Okay, that letter is too small for me. Ah, yes. Listen, this little church here, you know, it's a little church, but it's like a little mustard seed, okay? <coughs> and you remember that big tree, okay? That's what is being offered you. Become a member. You know, all the details are there, and join us, and we can work together, amen? And please share and like, okay? We love you, thank you, and we see you, okay? We see you in a little while. God bless you. Bye. Um, you know, hope and pray that those of you that would really like to come and visit us, that God will give you provision to be able to come. Uh, if you don't have a church home, we're here in just Plano, Texas. Plano, Texas, 2540 Avenue K in Plano, Texas. So come, join us. Be a part of the Spirit of Prophecy Church. And just, you know, one of the things about when you join a place or even if you can join online just as a member, there's the same rewards that we receive will be yours too. So I just ask in the name of Jesus that those that are desiring to maybe even move here or they need transportation to get here or they have a desire to come and be a part of our fellowship, that you would open the door and open the way for them to be able to do so in Jesus' name. All right, a couple of things, a few announcements, because it is May 1st. May 1st, May 1. Can't believe it's May. It's what, what happened? What happened to March? What happened to April? I don't know. But anyway, so it's May 1st, and so it's a new month. Who has May birthday, Sharonda? <laughs> Picky and Leslie, and put your hand down. You don't have a birthday every month. Anybody else have a birthday in May? Kaylee, come on. Yeah. How are you going to be? Ten? Ten? Okay, good guess, right? Ten. I got an email, but I thought I'm going to throw it out there, see if that's right. Ten years old. All right, okay, so on Sunday, May the 15th, those of you here at the church, we are going to be meeting at the, having the church in the park. Y'all excited about that? It's a lot of fun. It's a new park. Okay, so Eric, all you men, listen to me. It's a new park. It's not the same park we've always go to. So make sure you hand him, hand him. He'll get a flyer. Make sure you get a flyer, so you know where we're going. And then you can tell all the men around here where they're supposed to go. I mean, that day here <laughs> to, the, to the park. Um, so I'm going to send, hand this around. I think we're, we're getting pretty close to having everybody sign up what you're going to bring. Uh, if you'd like to bring, you know, like a football to throw, um, soccer ball, what? 
No live stream on May the 15th. Water guns. Let me have one of them here. Can you hand that? Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, things like that. Water balloons. All right, Leslie, you can bring water balloons. Thank you, darling. Uh, Bible study is started. It's, it's, it's happening on Fridays. And we're about to stop for June, July, August. So you want to make sure that you come and be a part of the Bible study. And that's from 6, 6.30 to 8 p.m. Um, by the way, Tony, thank you for your message this morning. It's very, very good. For great, Just great remarks about it. And then next week we have Danny and so forth. Uh, this Thursday, this coming Thursday, is intercessory prayer here at the church with Melissa and others that come. And that's on May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Is there something about that, Melissa, you think? Oh, you're getting chips and salsa, so you better come. All right. You okay? You all right? Uh, on the back of this is the map to the park for the 15th. And then also, uh, May 2nd to the 11th is when we seven go to Honduras. So make sure that you're signing up to pray for us. That's May 2nd to 11th. There's, we're asking you to pick a day that you would fast and pray for us, even if you can do a partial fast. We'd rather have a partial fast than someone not signed up. Or, you know, just be committed to do something. Uh, maybe no sweets that day, no pop that day, if, you, if that's all you can do. Whatever is all you can do. Um, but don't hurt yourself. And if you can do just a, if you can do a water fast, then make sure that you do that at least one day while we're gone. And that's May second to eleven. What are you doing? Because everybody's, I know they're not laughing at me. It's because you're so beautiful and cute. Um, I think that's all the announcements. Okay, you can hand that down. Thank you, darling. You can give that to Poppy, so he'll remember what park to go to. <laughs> All right, let's stand, let's pray. We'll get our service going. And Lou, if you can head up this way for offering. By the way, um, how did the School of Prophets go? Yeah. I'm still exhausted. I haven't had time. I've been gone, so I I haven't had time. When I get back from Honduras, I'll be taking off for two weeks. Probably not, but that's... That's, that's, that's what I want, but that won't happen. But the sound's good in my mind, so. Right? <laughs> but it was great. It was a great time. Um, I've heard great comments from a lot of people that were here. And if you missed it, you know, the training of the prophets, then next time, hopefully when I have one, you'll be able to come. It's really training for the ministers. And I think there's people that came in not knowing what they really were going to receive but we've heard nothing but just great praise reports and you know god he he has purposely put people here at that meeting they everybody that came they were supposed to be here it was just it was amazing good good group wonderful group of people i think we'll even have some people move here to attend the church here and that's that's how you end up continuing to be trained right continue to be trained by you know coming because we're training and equipping church all right, dear Heavenly Father, we just come before your throne room, of gra- throne room of grace and mercy. I thank you so much. We honor you today. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. You know that. We want to be led of the Holy Spirit. We want everything to be done decently and in order. 
Lord, I just ask in the name of Jesus for those that need a specific healing. And speaking to, again, for Sunhi, a specific healing right now in the name of Jesus, they're healed. We declare it, we prophesy it, we speak to it. We speak to that ailment, illness, and we command it to get out in Jesus' name. And we command strength and um, just everything that is, that's been ripped, stripped out of them to be renewed and restored in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, those that are watching online, if there's anyone that is sick, as they raise their hands, say, that's me. We just declare and prophesy with them and speak to that sickness, command it to go. And we thank you, Lord, that they're healed in Jesus' name. We give you praise and honor and glory. And, Lord, as we travel to Honduras, we ask for your favor. We ask for guidance. We ask that the, the angels of the Lord will be round about us. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you do guide everything that we do. Lord, give us a discerning spirit to stir up all the nine gifts of the Spirit inside of us. And, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you give us supernatural understanding of what this people, these people that are speaking another language, for those that do not know how to speak Spanish, that I mean, uh, that we would have an understanding by the Spirit of what they need and what they're asking for. And, Lord, I thank you for traveling mercies as every, every flight that we're on, every vehicle we're in, everything that we eat, Lord that we give you praise and honor for it so that no harm nor evil would befall our bodies in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, you would continue to give us strength during that time, and we thank you for favor with all the pastors that we meet and also those that are coming to the crusade and also the churches and also those that we just go out and speak to at their homes. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Prepare you the way of the Lord in the name of Jesus as we go. We thank you for it. Now, Lord, I ask that you bless the service, you bless the praise and worship, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can be seated. Well, yes, give the Lord praise, right? You should praise him. Good morning. It's time for offering. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. So, um, online, uh, Spirit of Prophecy Church, you scroll down and click the donate button. And Spirit of Prophecy Church here, we got two offering buckets here, Honduras and Spirit of Prophecy Church. So you can't outgive the Lord, amen? We call this seed, and sometimes you wonder, where does all this money go? Well, I can tell you where some of it's going. It's going to Honduras, taking several thousand dollars to Honduras, and we're going to have a crusade. We're going to evangelize. We've sent money for food. We're going to feed some hungry people. Uh, they tell me it's the second most poorest country in South America. I don't know what the number one is, but number two is pretty good. Amen? So we're going to bless these people, and uh, we're not expecting anything back in return except a spiritual blessing from our Father. Amen? Amen? In the name of Jesus. So this is where some of this money goes, and I want to thank you for supporting us. And we also want your prayer and fasting this week because it's uh, heavy warfare. Heavy warfare down in those third world countries. Um, there are a lot of Catholics and a lot of witchcraft. Witchcraft, real witchcraft. You know, witches, warlocks, spells, all that type of stuff. So we need your support and your prayers. Not just your support, but your prayers. So start tomorrow in uh, 10 days. Pray for us, fast for us. Amen? And even Pastor Lou does... Offering, so I forgot mine last week. Two checks. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. Come forward. Come forward. Be blessed. This is seed. Money is seed in the spirit realm. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, this was uh, Spirit of Prophecy Church. Put my two checks in Spirit of Prophecy Church. I can't see the signs from up here. Amen. If you haven't watched the live stream this morning, we had an awesome message about the widow's might. So sometimes we think we give a lot, but, you know, it's uh, pretty amazing when you hear a message about the widow that threw in basically two pennies. And, and the Lord said she gave more than all the other people. So you think you're a big giver, uh, try to outgive the widow and the two, two mites. And so go back and watch that message. It was awesome, awesome by Pastor Tony. So I think we can pray and bless the offering. Amen. Yep. That's not planned that that comes out. It's been coming out a lot more recently. It comes out without thinking about it. You don't have to prepare. I'm going to grunt. No, it just happens. But Lord, <clears throat> we, we look back at our life. And all of the foolish things we've done, all of the foolish things we've been, and there's one thing that we know that we do right every day, and that is to worship you. And one of the ways we worship you and overcome our foolishness and our self is by giving. And Lord, we ask that you would receive these gifts in the right heart, that they would be given in the right heart, and that they would be blessed back. And Lord, I also pray a blessing <clears throat> for you people online. I want you to know that the Lord sees, I see, but more important, He sees those gifts. He does see those gifts, and He's promised that He will give back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And Lord, I thank you for all of your wonderful promises, and we thank you for all of the many blessings. You have blessed us many times over, more than we've earned, more than we've received, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Truly, Lord, our cup runs over. We thank you for that, the abundance that you have. You own the cattle on a thousand hills, and you're, it's, it's like a spiritual superglue. It just spills over and sticks to us. The blessing comes and chases us down. We can't outrun your blessing, Lord. We ask you to... Receive this offering and to bless the people back in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is time for communion. Um, try to look through time. And try to look, <clears throat> Jesus <clears throat> and the disciples just had the Passover meal. And they just partook of what we're about to do here. You remember Jesus said that unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, that you have no life in you. And a lot of the disciples walked away because they thought he was talking Literal, they thought he was talking madness, foolishness. <clears throat> but today, we understand that that is life. And what we're about to do here is life. So if you'll come on up, let's <clears throat> pray over these. And as they distribute. That's right, just, yeah, just, just pick them up from there, that's fine. 
<clears throat> Lord, this unleavened bread and this grape juice represent your body. It represents your body. And Lord, we would ask that as we partake it, that you would wash us clean once again in Jesus' name. So as they distributed around, <clears throat> the disciples had just had the Passover meal where they did this that we're about to do. They followed Jesus out. <clears throat> he had told them several times that I'm going to die. I'm going to be in the, the grave three days. I'm going to rise again. But the amazing thing about God is unless he gives us a revelation spirit, unless he opens our eyes for us to see and understand, we won't understand. So they're following Jesus out into Geshmone, into the area of Gethsemane, the olive groves. We've been there. We've shown you pictures of it. Jesus says to the disciples, stay here and pray while I go pray yonder. <clears throat> they couldn't keep their eyes open. But, you know, we want to say, oh, if I was there, I would have kept my eyes open. Maybe. Maybe not. But I'll tell you this. If they had known what was about to happen in a few hours, I would like to think that they would have prayed far more fervently. But looking back, probably they could not have prayed hard enough. Jesus prayed as hard as he could. Sweats of, of Sweat fell down as it were drops of blood. In other words, very big drops of sweat. So he was praying as fervently probably as he'd ever prayed in his life because he knew he was about to be whipped and beaten and scourged, nailed to a cross, the most painful death anybody, and embarrassing, most painful, embarrassing death anyone could possibly endure. But it had to happen. It had to happen for us to come into the kingdom. For all of those people whose names are written in the book of life, slain before the foundation of the world, in other words, he, it was already planned. Before God said, "Let there be light," it, it was this moment was already this moment was already planned. Amen. And so, the Bible says, tells us that we need to look into ourselves and not take this unworthily. We need to look into ourselves and look and say, "All right, is there anything I need to ask forgiveness for?" And the answer is. All we like sheep have gone astray, and every one of us has gone his own way. So all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So let's take a silent moment and just ask for our sins to be forgiven. Confess anything that comes to our mind. By the way, it will come to our mind. If we've done something wrong, now's the time to confess it in Jesus' name. <clears throat> We confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, forgive our sins, Lord. So now they're about to arrest him. He's about to go get nailed to the cross. But he's told us to do this in remembrance of him. So now let's back up to the evening before he went to pray. They just finished the meal. 
All of a sudden, he hands around the bread. It's the bread first, right? I keep getting it mixed up. Hands around the bread. Now, it was unleavened bread, so it's hard like a cracker like this. And he said, take, eat. This is my body that is broken for you. And they all ate. Then, poured a cup. They didn't understand. But today, we understand. This is eternal life. This is life. This cleanses us from all sin. Better than the blood of turtle doves or bulls or goats. This is the perfect blood. The blood of Jesus. And they all drank. Now, I believe it's time for us to pray for the folks going to Honduras. Right? Yes, sir. So if you're going to Honduras... Honduras, if you're going to Honduras, come on up. Honduras, Honduras. if you're going to Honduras, they leave manana. I think I know a couple of other Spanish words, too. Manana, well, look, you know, I was raised in Texas. I'm around and I've heard that word all my life. Come on up. We're going to pray for you. Yeah, where's that jug of oil? Everybody's afraid of me when I start saying oil. (laughs) Honduras, got the right oil? Now. Yeah, perfect touch is great. (laughs) We want the perfect touch there, right? Okay. So, Lord, once again, we do things that represent things. And this is not the blood of Jesus. But it represents it. This is not the Holy Spirit, but it represents it. And Lord, these people are giving of their time and their money to go down to take your name, Honduras. So Lord, as I anoint them, I ask you to anoint them. And I ask that they would be filled with your spirit, that you would order their footsteps, you would be a lamp under their feet and light under their path, that they would hear your voice saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. They would know exactly what they need to be doing, regardless of the schedule. That the schedule would be your schedule. That what they do would be what you would do. You would give them your heart, even if they are challenged, even if someone tries to get them off of their Christian rocker. You won't let it happen. You will keep their heart filled with your spirit. And that you would hear their prayers. You would tell them what they need to be praying for. And Lord, I ask that you would cause miracles to show up among them. And that they would bring those sevenfold miracles back home to here also. I would ask that it's not only a blessing for Honduras, but it's a blessing for America. It's not only a blessing for this group of people, but it's also a, a blessing for the people as they come back and they're around them. I would ask that... When they get to heaven, they hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That they would be protected. Your angels would be around them. And that they would go in the peace and the glory of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. And we put the blood of Jesus on you. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Put the blood of Jesus on you. 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 
Put the blood of Jesus on you. Put the blood of Jesus on you. It's time for you to go to a new level. Put the blood of Jesus on you. Put the blood of Jesus on you. Blood of Jesus on you. Blood of Jesus on you. Put the angels round about them. Protect them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let them be blessed, blessed, blessed upon blessed in Jesus' name. And I would just like for everyone to stand and just maybe even just come up here round about us and just real quickly just uh, touch each one of us for those of you that would like to. Uh, just pour out uh, a blessing upon us as we travel. So if anybody would like to come and do that, please quickly come up here on the stage. Lord, also speak to our hearts. Remind us to not only fast, but also to pray for them. Yes, Lord Jesus. And as, Go ahead and come on up. Just as things need to be prayed for, that you would speak to our hearts, that we would hear your voice, that there would be many people prayed for, that this would be a wonderful, successful yes, tour to Honduras, taking your name there. Thank you, Lord. They would take your name, your holiness, and your power in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Lord. And just, Lord, as, as different ones are just touching the different ones of us, we just thank you. We thank, well, whoever just, thank you, Annie. But just as they just anoint us to travel, to go with your word, to go with your might and your power, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would just honor their prayers, hear their prayers over us. And, Lord, we thank you that we're having this opportunity. Lord, we don't take it lightly. We know that you're opening up just the windows of heaven and pouring out a blessing, but you're opening up the world. You're opening up the world to those of us here with Spirit of Policy Church associated with us that will travel the globe, travel the globe and to preach the word of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for deliverance. We thank you for those that uh, will will see healings and miracles. We just declare Mm -hmm. it, decree it right now in Jesus' name. We prophesy it to the land that everywhere that our foot trotteth, Lord, everywhere that we touch will be given back to you in the name of Jesus and Lord I thank you that even as we travel in the plane Lord there's no space there's no distance in the air so we ask in the name of Jesus every mile that we that we take will be given back to you in the name of Jesus we just see it from the horizon from the north south east and west as far as we can see we thank you Lord that 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 those um, footsteps are ordered of you in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank Amen. you for it. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Yeah, give the Lord, Lord. That was pretty weak. Give the Lord praise here. You're not going down here. All right. Let's hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Boy, Annie and, and Melissa. Woo. <laughs> hallelujah. All right. Let's go ahead and stand up and spread out and have a good time. Joyful time. It's time to praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. He is worthy and worthy to be praised. Yes, Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hear the cries of our hearts, Father God. You are Lord. Thanks to the Lord, our God and King, His love endures forever. Lord, He is good.
for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on, we bow down. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. Together we sing. Come on, everybody, sing. Yes. And everyone sings. Singing holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with your glory. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with his glory. The earth is filled with his glory. All around, it's the anthem of the Lord renowned, and it's rising up. All around, it's the anthem of the Lord renowned. And together we sing, yes we do, and everyone Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with your glory. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with your glory. The earth is filled with his glory.
I was dead in the grave. I was covered in sin and shame. I heard mercy call my name. He rolled the stone Oh, you're so worthy, Lord. 
worthy, Lord. The Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hopes, secures. But He will my shield and portion be as speaking. I'm waiting for him. He'll bring me one. Hallelujah. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Dearly Father, I thank you so much for this man of God. I thank you that you have spoken to him a message that we are to hear. And, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would open up our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And again, Lord, that we would have remembrance of your message and we would walk out different, that we'd be changed, that we'd be more like you each and every time that we step foot in this church. Lord, bless him as he gives the message and bless us for receiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, and your anointing, the Lord, be upon him in Jesus' name. Waited till the last minute to get a drink. <laughs> a little lower, right? <laughs> 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 
<clears throat> Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. And the congregation said, Worthy is the Lamb. And the congregation said, Worthy is the Lamb. And the congregation said, Worthy is the Lamb. To take the book and to open the seals thereof, because you were slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, the same will I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter, they shall be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father, and I will give him the morning star. And Lord, this morning we say, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. Lord, we come here this morning to worship you, to hear from you, to be touched by you, and that one day you will use us in great and mighty ways, Lord. Now, Lord, I ask for your anointing on the message this morning. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. First of all, I want to say, on behalf of Leslie and I, we love you. We love both the people in the con congregation, those online. We really do. And I was impressed in the night that, I need to say that, sometimes I think, so much warning message gets in the way of the primary message, and that is love. And just like Tony was saying this morning, Jesus loves you. He really does. He loves you. He died for you. And he's coming again for all of us. And our objective here is to spend eternity with him and to get as many people to go to eternity with him as is possible. And sometimes there is a sting to the message. I mean, Jesus offended people. That's not our objective. But you would think, like Leslie said, you know, when we started a church, we thought everybody would want truth. We want to bring truth to the people, right? The people want the truth. He said, wrong. Because we live in the day and age when people will not endure sound doctrine, but they hire to themselves, of course the Bible says heap to themselves, but hire to themselves teachers having itching ears. In other words, teachers that want to be complimented. But today, today what we look for is that great awakening. When Jesus' name will be lifted up, when people from around the globe will begin to hear him and listen to him, would you turn that fan off? I've got too much. I've got a wind tunnel going up here. Turn the white fan off. See if that works. Okay, so today we will talk about the miracles of Elijah and Elisha. Now, if you watched the Friday Night Bible Study, I covered this. What continued to be my heart after I left is that we need to cover it again. Um, 
So Friday night I was coming up for the Bible study and I just kept praying. Lord, what do you want to say? I mean, you know, the Bible's a big book. Uh, turn the other fan off, too. <laughs> still, cold, still too cold here. And I, would just, I, I just kept praying. I said, Lord, bring them encouragement. Bring them encouragement. Bring them encouragement for the last days. We know we are the last generation. We know that just around the corner, big things are about to start happening. But tonight, Lord, give them encouragement. And so that's what he did Friday night. Leslie said, had the Friday night Bible study going. I said, I think it's one of the best. But after I left, he kept laying on my heart, bring it again this morning. Bring it again. Because not everybody heard it in the Friday night Bible study. <clears throat> so let me bring you some encouragement this morning. And essentially that that is that our God is able. Our God is able. He is able to deliver, to protect, he is able so that we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. Yes. Thousands shall fall about thy side and ten thousand at the right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. He is able to provide for us in the presence of our enemies so that our cup runneth over. He is able and he will. We are going to see Jesus faithful. In our lifetime, we're going to see Jesus faithful. Too many times... I, perhaps others, of the warning of the watchman, tend to warn, hey, trouble's coming. And it is. But here's the message sometimes we forget that I want to say this morning. Hey, good times are coming. Amen. Hey, miracles are coming. Amen. Our God is a victor. Yes. So that's what we want to concentrate on this morning. I want to say to you that as I've said several times, August 8, 2015, Saturday night, Lord, what do you want to say for the sermon tomorrow morning? Because I have no idea what to say. He spoke to me, I mean, audibly. This is the time of miracles. As the judgment hits, so are my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen going all the way back to Adam and Eve. Miracles like no one has seen going back to Adam and Eve. You tell them. I will never leave them nor forsake them. I'm going to meet the devil, enter in step for step, pound for pound, everything he does, I'm going to meet him. It is not a time of defeat. That is, it's not a time of defeat. It's the time of the great victory. Casting down of the devil out of heaven. Casting down the devil out of our heart. And one of the best places to look for those kind of miracles, and these are minor miracles we're going to talk about this morning, compared to what we're about to see in our lifetime. We are going to see things that the prophets of old desired to see, but did not see. So we're going to start in 2 Kings chapter 1. Then Moab rebelled against Israel. Well, I'm glad America doesn't do that. After the death of Ahab, that was one of the worst kings, and Ahaziah fell down through a lattice, that's the other bad king that followed Ahab, fell down through the lattice in his upper chamber and broke his arm, or something like that, that was in Samaria and was sick. He sent messengers and said to them, Go inquire of Baal. You see that two A's there? Baal, that's the Moloch of Baal. That's the same God that they were worshiping when Moses came down off of the Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments. That is the worst of the worst of the worst. 
So he went and acquired of Elzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover the disease. What's wrong? Jesus does not want us worshiping other gods. What was rule number one of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt have no other god before me. In other words, you don't worship any of the gods. Now, what was so bad with this? Because, see, God picked Israel, the least of all the nations, and he raised him up to be his people. So when the leader of his people turns and goes exactly against his God, he's very offended at that. So what he should have done is call, said, bring me Elijah. Let me inquire of the Lord. But instead, he inquired of the exact opposite. He inquired of the enemy of God, Baalzebub. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Okay, I got a message I want you to deliver. I want you to go and meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that you inquire of Baalzebub, the God of Ekron? Okay, so the reason you're asking for Baalzebub to give you the answer is because I'm not with Israel anymore. I'm not with Israel because Israel turned their back on God. Well, I'm glad America had done that. Not totally yet, pretty close to it. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not come down from that bed which thou gone up. So he decreed that because you've worshipped other gods, you're going to die. That's a good lesson. Come to, you're not going to come down from the bed which you've gone up. Thou shalt surely die, and Elijah departed. So you got the situation. So the king falls through a lattice. He's sick over it, breaks something, something poked him. Who knows what happened? And instead of inquiring of Elijah through Elijah to the real God, he goes to Baalzebub, the god of Akron. So the angel of the Lord speaks to the real prophet of God, says, I want you to go deliver this message. So there's messengers. He gave the message. The messengers went to the king and said, you want to die, boy. Now, verse 6. He said to them, there came a man to me, meet us. Oh, here, let me back up verse 5. When the messengers turned back, he said to them, why are thou turned back? He said, there came a man to meet us and said unto us. In other words, so they're going out. They're heading to go inquire Ballsbub. But before they get there, Elijah meets them and said, no, no, no. Go back and tell the king he's a dead man. So the messengers turned around to go back to the king and said, you're a dead man, boy. <laughs> he said, well, how come he turned back so quick? He said, well, there was some guy met us on the, on the trail there. and said, you go, you're a dead man. He said, turn back and said, the king said, you, thus saith the Lord, it is not because there is not a God in Israel that thou sendest to inquire of Baalzebub, the God of Ekron. Therefore, thou shalt not come down from that bed which thou art gone up, but shall surely die. And he said to them, what manner of man is this? So the king is now saying, who is this that talked to you and gave you this message? He said, well, he was a hairy man. He wore a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, ha, I know who you talked to. This was Elijah the Tishbite. That tells us this, this evil king, Ahaziah, knew about the Lord, knew about his servant Elijah the prophet, but didn't inquire of him, went to the enemy's God. So the king sent to him, 
All right, I want you to gather 50 people up. Uh, Captain, go get 50 people. I want you to go kill this Elijah. So not only did he inquire the wrong God, but then he told him, go kill God's prophet. Uh, not a good idea. So he says, Captain 50, get your 50. And he went up to him, and, he, and when he got there, Elijah was sitting on top of a, top, a real high hill. So they spoke up to him. They said, Thou man of God, thus saith the king Ahaziah, come down. Oh, by the way, I'm embellishing it a little. I'm Johnsonizing it. Come down. Elijah said to the captain of 50, this is 50 guys sent to kill Elijah. If I be a man of God, then let fire come down from... By the way, that's a bad thing. When a prophet sends a curse like that, you're in trouble, boy. If I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And all of a sudden, boom! Fire kills them. Probably the morning star. Probably they fell to the ground, fell to the ground, both body and soul and pile of ashes. And consumed the fifty. And again, so he sent another captain and another fifty and said unto him, O man of God, thus saith the king, come down. This is the second time. If I be a man of God and let fire come down from heaven, consume me. Boom! Takes out the second fifty. Did the king learn a lesson? You know, the king probably should have picked up on it. But the funny thing about people that make mistakes, they tend to keep making the same mistake. So he said again to the captain of the third 50, so the third captain gets there and says, what, what, wait, 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 wait. I see the 100 piles of ashes and bones. I've heard about what you've done. Ah, would you give me a break? Ha. So he shows a little bit of fear. He says, Behold, there came fire down from heaven and burn up the two captains before me. Hopefully my life is going to be precious in your sight. And the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Okay, go on down. You can go on down to him. Be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down to him to the king. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou sent messengers to inquire about Alzebub, the king of Ekwert, it is not because there is a God in, in Israel to inquire. In other words, God left you. That's the reason you had to go to the God of Ekron, Baalzebub. So he says, so here's the prophecy. Therefore thou shalt not come down from off thy bed, which are gone up, thou shalt surely die. So he died according to the word of the Lord of Elijah had spoken. Why? why? Why are we getting this message this morning? Because I think it's saying that there's going to be some people that are sent after us. But I want you to know that our God is able to protect us. I've heard stories of people that, where the people that were seeking for him ran right past him, didn't even see him. I've told the story about a man we had was like our second guest speaker back in 1993, a guy out of South Africa. He was uh, in the army, but he got out of the army. He was a, a missionary. And they said, down there you have to be former army to be a missionary because it's so rough. And he says, walking through a clearing, had a, a rifle, an AK-47 in my hand. He said, I looked up and there was five Muslims popped up. They all had AK-47s. I saw the flashes. rats tat 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 He said, I saw the flashes. He said, first I started jumping behind the little bush and I just thought, well, <laughs> I'm too late. And I just stood there expecting to feel the bullets hitting me. But they weren't hitting me. 
He said, I could hear them whistling by me. I'm looking right at the muzzle flashes, five of these AK-47s. He said, and they're 20 feet away. They're not going to miss. Then all of a sudden I realized the Lord was protecting me. Right? He said, so all of a sudden this holy boldness came over me. I stood up. I just started walking right at them. And they went, <laughs> they're freaking out, man. They couldn't get the weapons to kill him. Finally, just threw them down and ran off. What God wants to say to you today is in the Great Awakening, in the Great Revival, in the Jeremiah 16, 19, 20 through 21 Revival, in that time when those great miracles hit, God is going to be with us. We are going to see miracles like no one has ever seen. Now we tend to think, oh, the lame walk, the blind see, and yes, those kind of miracles, but it's going to be more than that. We are going to well, walk on water. Right, wait. If they walked on water once before, and if we do greater, yeah. Moses parted the Red Sea. Maybe we'll part a little river. Maybe it's a wide river. I, I don't know what kind of, but as long as our heart is to serve the Lord, he's going to be, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Okay? Here's another example. So now Elijah, here's the, the brief story. So Elijah's about to be taken up to heaven. Three times he turns to his assistant and says, look, stay here, I've got to go someplace. Elisha, his assistant, that poured water on his hand, wouldn't have it. I'm not going to leave you because I want a blessing. Now, the point there is, too many times in a day and time when people will not endure sound doctrine, too many times people become church hoppers. Or in this case, prophet hoppers where they'll hop from this prophet to this prophet, or they hop from this church to this church. What he's saying is, stay there. Now, let's read it. And he said, It came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by the whirlwind, that Elijah went to Elijah, that's the, uh, his assistant, to Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here while I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me into Bethel. And Elisha said unto, <laughs> unto him, As the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. God is a God of apprenticeship. He wants us to get involved with the ministry and stay there and build that ministry that God has put in that ministry's heart. And then when we build another man's ministry, then he gives us a ministry. Oh, really? Okay, let me give you an example. So... Leslie and I's first opportunity to get in the ministry was we, he, God sent us Dimitri Dudeman and then Henry Gruber and Ron Wyatt. We invited them in our home. We invited them to speak. So then we got the next opportunity for us to go on a two-week speaking tour. No, excuse me. A two-week tour, archaeology tour with Ron Wyatt. Then the next opportunity was for I came back and I made a, about a one-hour talk or a video uh, out of 17 hours of video on the tour. Went out and showed that to like 30 different churches. Passed that one. But then one day God spoke to my heart and said, there's not going to be any more calling you to go and show that video. And sure enough, not one more call came in. Two weeks later, I'm invited to do a radio program, which I called the Prophecy Club. I forgot one. There was also a time where I did a Bible study for several years out of the local prison. Okay. 
And God lays that on people's heart to do Bible studies at prison sometimes, doesn't he? <laughs> if you're faithful on this level, you get to go to another level. See this Honduras thing? It's a test. It was a test to see if you would send that first donation. You did, so you sent the second one. It was a test. Then you went down there on your own. Now you're going down there with a group of people. That's the way God is. But in that progression, if we step off of the one of those steps, God says, okay, you don't want to do what I tell you to do? Okay, go your own way. I remember one time I woke up. I was very fed up with the fact that God just ain't sending enough money for me to grow this ministry. I'm just sick and tired of this. Nobody understands, right? Never done this, right? Okay. All right. I'm fed up. I'm just going to quit this prophecy club stuff. I mean, I had it all figured out in my head what I was going to do. Got to the office at 8 o'clock. About 9 o'clock, this guy, I think I've told the story for, came in, drove all the way from Oklahoma City up to Topeka. Stan. Now, this is the guy that I hired and trained in that business. We have uh, been able to now have people come in like in partnerships. You can come back in the business. I'll guarantee you sizable salary, uh, to come back into the business, come back into the business. I thought, I know, I know what you're doing. This is a test, isn't it? It's a test. So I thought for a minute, this is a very good opportunity. You heard me, did you? You heard me say I'd like to quit Prophecy Club. And I, I felt like him saying, okay, I'll open the door. You want to go back into that? Go back into that. I'll, here, I've opened a door for you. You can leave. Don't you know that there will be a time in your life that God will open a door in the wrong direction? I said, well, first of all, let me just say, I know you just drove all the way from Oklahoma City all the way up to Topeka just to make this offer. Of course, I didn't tell him. I just an hour before I told the Lord I was going to quit. And I said, I want you to know that I take it as a very, very big compliment. But, no, I believe I'll stay with Prophecy Club even if I starve to death. And I'll thank you for not asking me again. Well, I guess a guy got offended. I didn't mean to offend him. But, I mean, he won't even take my phone calls again. He <laughs> had nothing to do with me again. I'm saying that the God, God works in steps. Now, what Elijah was about to do was to hand his mantle, hand his ministry over to Elisha. This was a test to see if Elisha would leave him. So when God puts you in a ministry, you stay there. Let's go on. The sons of the prophets that were in Bethel came forth to Elijah and said unto him, Know it's not that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today. Yeah, I know it. Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here. And I think this third time. I pray thee for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth and his soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And the sons of the prophets were at Jericho, came to Elijah and said unto him, You know God's going to take him away from you today. Yes, I know it. So he said it three times. Elijah said unto them, I pray thee, 
For the Lord sent me into Jordan. He said, uh, as the Lord liveth, I'm not going to leave thee. Elijah took his mantle, wrapped it together, and smote the water. Okay, so he, he took off his mantle, which was, you know, this covering. He wrapped it together, and then he slapped it on the river, and they parted like Moses and the Red Sea. They walked through on dry ground. As the judgment hits, so are my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen. We're going to see those kind of miracles. And I believe the reason he just laid this on my heart is because I don't think the trouble is on the horizon anymore. I think it's at the end of the block. I don't think the miracle's on the horizon anymore. I think it's at the end of the block. I think it's soon. Now, our soon is this. <laughs> His soon is a much slower calendar. I said, I don't know when. So the rest of the story is. He says, all right, Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I take thee taken away from thee. Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. He says, that's a tough thing. That's a hard thing. But I'll tell you what, if you are with me, when I go, then that thing you have requested shall be so. That's a pretty good thing to ask. See, the truth is, all of you are here, and also people online, you are here as part of this ministry. And that's a very good thing to say. We prayed for Leslie Ann that she would have a double portion of Leslie's anointing. And I believe she does. That's a good thing to ask for. Verse 11. And it came to pass as they went on and talked, and behold... There appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by the whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters, same thing Elijah did. Okay? He smote the waters, and what do you think happened? Same thing. They split. That proved to Elijah that he had a double portion of the same mantle that Elijah had. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, Ah, the spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. So that's a confirmation. So he got a confirmation. And the men of the city said to Elijah, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord saith, but the water is not, and the ground barren. He said, Bring unto me a new cruise. Put salt therein. So they brought it. Okay, so you got the picture. They said, Okay, this is, a, this is a nice city, but there's no water. Whatever water is here is no good. He said, Okay, bring me a container with some salt in it. So Elisha threw the salt on the water, and it's purified. Bring me a new cruise. Put salt therein. Verse 21. And so the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from hence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day. Those kind of things and more we're going to see. And he went up from thence unto Bethel and he was going away. By the way, I, I, I want we need to take this from the platform, from the church, 
out into the world. Let me say it again. We need to take it from the Bible, from theory, from our head, into our heart, out into the world. And I'm, gonna, I'm about to tell you of a failure I had Friday night so that we all may learn from it. I had a test, and I failed the test. But it won't happen again. So he went up thence, and he was going up the way, and there came a little children out of the city and mocked him. And said in them, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. And he turned back and looked at them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the woods and tore forty and two of the children. Say, man, that was pretty hard. You know, these days and times, I think that the, 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 the American church especially has lost the fear of the Lord. They do not fear his, his prophets anymore. And as the days of Ananias and Sapphira that fell down dead when they lied to the Holy Ghost, that here's, here's the part that's a little scary. As the judgment hits, so will my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen all the way back to Adam and Eve. And the greater the light is shown upon us, the more responsibility we have to carry that light righteously, right? So as the judgment hits, we also have to be careful to carry it correctly, meaning those kind of things can happen. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thus servant, my husband is dead. Okay, so this is a wife of one of the prophets. And he says, my husband, meaning her husband was one of the prophets, my husband died. So she says to Elisha, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditors come to take him, to take him in my, excuse me, the creditor has come to take my two sons to be bondmen. Got it? So she, her husband was a prophet, part of the school of the prophets. He died. The creditor came to take her two sons and make them bondmen because she didn't have the money paid. So he says, tell you what, what do you have at home? All I have, verse 3, all I have is one cruise of oil. He says, okay, take the cruise. I want you to go and gather all of the pots, all of the empty pots, not just a few. From all of the people, gather lots and lots of empty pots. And I want you to take this cruise of oil and you begin to fill those pots. She filled every one of them and the cruise did not run out. They sold all of the oil and that was her existence. So the prophet, once again, through a miracle, got her out. Now the point is here. There's about to be a great famine in the land. We've talked about it a lot. But I want you to know that our God is able. He is going to take care of us. Yes, I believe he's taking care of us to a certain degree with Joseph's kitchen. But I also think that there's going to be miracles. I've told you the story. Maybe I'll tell you again. No, I, I think too many people heard it, so I'll move on. Uh, okay, I made the point there. Verse 8, it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunammon, where was a great woman. She constrained him to eat bread. Okay, so as Elijah, Elisha's walking by, this great woman sees Elisha. 
So she prepares a little place for him to stop and have bread and maybe some water. She does this several times when he passes by. So finally, she says in verse 9, she says, I think this guy is a holy man of God. So let's do something more for him. Let's prepare a chamber so that when he comes in, not only can he have a, a little bit of food, a little bit of water, but also a place to lay down. So finally, he's laying down, and the great woman comes to him, and he says, okay, what would you like for me to do for you? Here's what she says. Very interesting. She says, so, it fell out of the day. He turned under the chamber and lay there. And he said unto Gehazi, Gehazi, that's Elisha's servant, call the Shunammite woman. So she came and stood before him. What do you want me to do for you? He says, well, it's easier to read up here. I didn't put my glasses on today. I thought I was doing pretty good, but I'm finding myself squinting a lot. Thou has been careful to care for us, all this care. What would you like for me to do for you? What is it to be done for her? Verily, she has no child. Her husband is old. He says, call her. When he called her, she stood before the door. He said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt brace a son. And said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. The woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said to her according to the time of life. Now let me give you an example. Five, six years ago, we had a fella that was coming to the, the congregation, said he was submitting himself to Leslie and I, wanted us to train him to be a minister. But up six months into it, <clears throat> and part of the story I'll skip, all of a sudden he decided he was just going to leave, just go start his own ministry. I might add that about two years ago, he called one day and he says, I'm calling to repent. He says, ever since I left Spirit of Prophecy Church, my ministry has absolutely gone nowhere. And I realized that I made a mistake. And I would like for you to forgive me. I said, done. Leslie said, you're forgiven. And I also like for you to pray for me that my ministry continues and starts to do well. So we did. But before he left... It was one Sunday he had his brother and his wife and they were right there, sitting right there in the second row, second chair from the, the aisle. During praise and worship, Leslie was impressed to go up and pray for him. So she walked over, said, can I pray for you? So she started praying for him and as she was praying for him, she said she heard in the ear, tell them that they'll have a child and it'll be a double portion. Okay? So she says, you're going to have a child, and it'll be a double portion. Well, five minutes after service is over, the assistant pastor walked over to us and said, Oh, Private Leslie, oh, Private Leslie, you made a really, really big mistake. This is a real big problem. You don't understand, she's been to six doctors. She can't have children. Leslie said, I don't care what the doctors said. The Lord told me they're going to have a child. It'll be a double portion. Well, guess what? They came for about three more weeks, and then... Guess what happened? No child. About a year later, they called and they said, Prophet Leslie, we just want to thank you because she's pregnant. Thank you very much. Now, in this case, the Shunammite woman did what? She was giving bread and water. 
bread and water. She increased what she was giving, but also got a place for him to lay down to rest. She gave to the prophet first, and in this case, even though this lady got pregnant, had a child, did they remember the prophet? What do you think? No. Nothing. No. All they did is say thanks. Then about two years later, it was on a Saturday night, late at night, like 9 o'clock, Leslie gets a phone call. Oh, Prophet Leslie, Prophet Leslie, we're down at the hospital. We had another child. Remember double portion? We had another child, but the child is not expected to live through the night. Please, 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 will you come to the hospital and pray for her? So Leslie gets in the car, goes down, prays for the child. The next morning, they leave with the child that's totally whole. Did they remember the prophet? Did they send a donation? Did they start coming back to the church now that they saw what God does through the prophet? No, 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 no. There's some lessons here. Like the brother says, sometimes the messages here sting. I'm just reading the Bible. Right? Okay? Is this what the Bible says? I'm just kind of tying it to us. All right, now, before I get too far, I need to tell you <clears throat> about the mistake I made. And I'm telling you this mistake, <clears throat> mistake because, first of all, I'm not perfect. Don't think I am. <laughs> I'd love to be better when we all. So as I was doing this Bible study, there came a knock at the door. I ignored because I'm doing the Bible study. Opened the door. It's a black man. <clears throat> walked in and sat down right there, third chair from the aisle. And I ignored him, didn't know what he was, you know, but I just continued the message. At the end of it, I thought, okay, you know, like this happens all the time around here, we're very close to the end of the dark, so we get a lot of homeless people coming in asking for money. So I'm figuring that's probably what he's asking for money. So after it's over, I walked back there, and he said, I'd like for you to pray that God would show me where my wife is. That's an unusual request. I figured he'd be saying something, you know, I'm out of gas or something like that. Can you give me some money or something like that? And I reacted wrong. <clears throat> I'm telling you this so that you won't make the same mistake. And I repented and I said, Lord, please give me another opportunity to do this thing right. Because what I should have said was, First of all, I should have asked, now, are you saying your wife has left you? Or are you saying your wife is lost? Was she kidnapped? Or are you saying you don't have a wife, you're wanting a wife? That was my first mistake. I should have clarified what he was saying. And then whatever he was asking for, what I should have done is taken his hand and prayed for that. Instead, I said, I mean, I was thinking his wife was lost. He was, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I can't, I can't pray and God show me that. I mean, that's never been done before. Okay, see, that's the second mistake. I'm limiting God. Now, can these kind of things happen to us all? Well, that's the point. What is said up here, what is said in that word, needs to not only be in our heart, but we need to take it out with us. Well, that was a weak amen. In other words, 
we're supposed to believe what this word says. And for just a moment, I should have thought, I should have said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What if this could have been the start of sevenfold miracles? What if I'd have said, if I could back up again, please let me do this, Lord. I would say, are, are you saying that you don't have a wife? Are you saying your wife has run off or she kidnapped her? What are you really saying? What if he'd have said, well, <clears throat> she literally left and I don't know where she is. What if I'd have said, all right, fine, let's pray. Lord, show us where this man's wife is. We held hands. All of a sudden, what if he would have showed me a vision and showed me where the woman was? What if that would have been the start of some bigger, better things in the Lord? I'm saying, this is the time of miracles. You guys going down to Honduras, don't limit God. Eric, don't limit God. See what I'm saying? Do we need to hear this this morning? We need to get it out of the Bible into our heart and out of the world. You need to go do that Bible study. You need to go do that Bible study. It'll make a a better Christian of you. He that wins souls is wise. See, I'll listen. The woman conceived and bare a son at that season, just like Elisha said. And you did a really good job on trying to lead people to the Lord. But let me explain it in a different way today. <clears throat> you can talk about the, the, the way to, to lead someone to the Lord a lot of different ways. But what I'm impressed to, to talk about this morning is one of the tests that I, I believe I passed, done a few things right, mostly wrong. <laughs> I was calling around trying to get, I've, I've told the story before, I was trying to get this, uh, trying to fill a class with people uh, to, to be in my, my course. This guy answered the phone, trying to talk him in to meet me for a cup of coffee so I can talk him in taking the course. Well, I'm not trying to do better, I'm not trying to make money, He's actually I'm kind of backing out of that. We're starting to do these Bible studies out at the prisons. Bible study at a prison? I said, uh, you mind if I come along? He didn't think I was serious. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm serious. So okay, if you really want to, then we meet at this little church, such and such place, such a time, you know, to pray. And then we go over there. I said, all right, fine, I'll be there. Well, I was there before they got there. They drove up and was like, you really came? See, because these days people don't really believe that others really want to serve the Lord. So we went out to the, the jail, and I remember he says, okay, well, we go in here. Well, it was a jail cell where we're having the Bible study. He says, just sit here, and we're going to walk down here and see if we can get some people to come into the Bible study. So they left me. They left me in a jail cell. And I'm thinking, lions, tigers, and bears. Lions, tigers, and bears. Huh. What am I doing? What am I doing <laughs> So they walk back in. You get anybody? Yeah, there's a couple of guys coming. But there's one guy down there. He really needs to come, and he wouldn't come. All of a sudden, this holy boldness came over me. And I'm saying, in the time when the Holy Spirit starts to speak to you, 
Let that holy boldness come over you. Step out and do that Bible study, whatever it is. So what it was is there was a little walkway, and it was about, about this wide between the wall and this jail cell. So I was walking down there and looked out there, and this guy had on this orange jumpsuit, but he had taken off the top and had the sleeves tied around his waist like this, and muscles popping out of every place, tattoos all over him, long, greasy hair, and he looked like he just stepped off a of Harley Davidson and he would slit your throat. But I'm thinking, there's bars between us. <laughs> and I can get back against this wall and he can't reach me, so I'm, I still felt that Holy Ghost boldness, see. So I said, why don't you come into the Bible study? He didn't even look up. No. Nah. I said, come on in the Bible study. I said, it's not going to hurt you. We'll, we'll show you how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. Didn't he look up? No. I said, my name's Stan. What's your name? He said, Chris. Still didn't look up. All of a sudden, I saw a vision. I said, Chris, I said, if you come into the Bible study, I will show you how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. But... I see you in a grassy field with a 357 Magnum in your mouth and you're about to pull the trigger. If you don't find some kind of peace, joy, and happiness in your life, that's where you're going. Come on in the Bible study. It doesn't hurt. You can always come back to your jail cell anytime you want to. I promise it will not embarrass you in any way, but I'll show you how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. Didn't even look up. Nah. I said, you know, Chris, uh, now this is Kansas. I said, Chris, I said, now, I don't know if this means anything to you. I said, but I'm from Texas. I grew up in Texas. I said, down in Texas, we have a saying. And I said, I dare you to come into the Bible study. I dare you. Am I going to hurt? Doesn't cost you anything? Am I going to embarrass you? Come back to your cell anytime you want to if you want to. I said, I dare you to come into this Bible study and see if I can show you how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. If you don't find it, you're going to be out there in that field pulling that trigger. Still didn't look up. Nah. I said, Chris, I said, holy boldness, come on me now. I said, Chris, I said, I double dog dare you to come into that Bible study. <laughs> I can still see him now sitting in that. I double dog dare you to come into that Bible study. He finally looked up at me. All right. All right. All right, I'll come in your Bible study. Of course, now I'm thinking, oh, what have I done? No, I have to go into a jail cell with this guy now. What if he cuts my throat? But again, I felt the Lord with me. So we walked in there, and now there was about 12 other people the other two guys, they were missionaries trying to lead people to the Lord. So this is my first time, all right? So I walked in and I said, look, I, I know it's my first time here. I said, but I told the guy, show him how to find true peace, joy, and happiness. Do you mind if I show him how to? Oh, no, no, sure, fine, go ahead. And I explained to him about how to receive Jesus different than I'd ever explained it to anybody else before. So here's what I said. I said, before the earth was made, God had a plan. 
God had a book. And I said, he wrote the people's names in that book that he wanted to save. I said, your name's in that book. And I said, there's a lot of ways to try to find God. It used to be that people sacrificed lambs and rams and goats and bullocks and things like that. But that only rolled their sins away. But then about 2,000 years ago, God sent his one and only begotten son who allowed himself to be tortured and beaten and nailed to a cross because he loved you. And if you accept that, then what happens is God will come in, he will wash you of all your sins. Don't care what you've done, he will wash you clean. He will give you another chance. He will give you another chance to find true peace, joy, and happiness. Would you like to find that? And he said, yes. So we all took hands, and I led him in a simple prayer. When the prayer was open, open, tears running down his cheeks. They're running all over his, now he'd put on that orange joint jumpsuit. He buttoned it up. Run all down that orange jumpsuit. Next week I couldn't come. The following week I came back again. As I walked in, the two other guys leading the Bible study said, man, I don't know what you did to Chris, man. He's a different guy. He's been there. Where's Stan? Where's Stan? He sees you like a dog jumping up and down. Where's Stan? I got to see Stan. I never got to see the guy again. But I know God touched his heart. I have seen Jesus turn people's heart just like that. So I'm saying to you, say it's 10 years from now you're watching this video. Doesn't make any difference. Jesus is real, He's timeless. If you want another chance on life, if you want to have all of your sins washed away, if you want to say, look, I know I made a lot of mistakes. I wish I hadn't done all that garbage, but I did. But if you'll give me another chance, if you'll let me start again from here on out, I'll read your Bible, King James, and I will follow you. If you want that chance, here's what you pray. It's as simple as this. Pray it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes. I ask you to forgive those sin- mistakes. Forgive those sins. Wash me clean and give me another chance. If you will, from here on out, I will follow you. I'll read your Bible. I will do what it says. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, If you did that, then we recommend that you tell someone. If you don't have someone to tell, then send me an email at this email address. Now, I have to say, I haven't had people email me in several weeks that they accepted Jesus. So, I'm believing the Spirit of God touched some people this week, and they'll receive, and they'll say, I accepted Jesus. Send me an email right there. Also, you can help other people find this by clicking like, share, and subscribe. You can also help yourself by becoming, instead of a wandering generality out there, yeah, I wander around, I visit a church here and there. But instead, you can become part of something by joining us by clicking the bottom left corner where it says become a ministry member. You click there and you say, look, I identify with this group of people. I want to be a part of their group. Lord, thank you for your blood. Thank you for what you've done to heal our land. We ask that you would continue to heal our land, continue to heal us.
Write our name in the book of life and help us keep it there. And use us in the days ahead for your miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. And those in the congregation, if you have prayer requests, come on up. Be happy to pray for you. Those online, I believe you can leave a prayer request online. Is that correct? Okay, leave a prayer request online.